And now, here's Matt Mosley. Audience Matt Mosley on this Tuesday. Thank you, UBO Business Services. Go to UBO, UBEO.com. That's UBEO.com. And you can find out more about what they do. And, man, for your copier, your, your, serv- your needs there with copier, paper, how to streamline your business. I was looking at the site the other day, and there are so many things they can do to save you money. And we use them right here at ESPN Central Texas. Now, Kevin Longquist joining me. And Kevin's been off. He had a college graduation to attend. He's had a lot on his plate. And uh, it's always good to catch up with uh, Kevin. Kevin, you'll be happy to know I was talking to the longtime AP writer who's going into the Texas Sports Hall of Fame, uh, the media version. They have a media hall. And uh, John McClain is going in. Randy Galloway, you know, my old radio cohort. Brad Sham is going in. Uh, but the guy I just had on was Denny Freeman, longtime oh. AP writer. Uh, and um, I, 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 I figured when you first got out of uh, uh, a college at SMU and got into sports writing, you probably crossed paths with, uh, uh, with Denny Freeman at some point. Many times. And, in fact, Denny had the famous statement after any game that we covered was, well, if you can't write this one, and then it just kind of trailed off after that. So, yes. Uh, by the way, that's a who's who of uh, Texas media going into the Hall of Fame with Brad and John McClain, the Baylor great, and Randy Galloway. I mean, that's just uh, – that, that's a tremendous list of uh, great folks of going in there and well-deserved. I mean, they did a great job covering sports back in the day, Matt, when you and I were breaking in. Yeah, I would I would say so, and uh, I, I, as I said to Denny, a little worried about. Uh, I mean, think about some of these speeches. I mean, none of these guys are known for uh, getting in and out real quickly. I guess Brad, since he's done play by play, could maybe be quick if he had to. Galloway cannot, but I, Denny Freeman said that Mickey Herskowitz holds the all time record, thirty two minutes on his induction speech. And I'm oh, sure gosh. they're told to try to keep it to, you know, within five to ten minutes or something like that. I mean, there's sure. 32 minutes for Mickey Herskowitz. Now, by the time they went in, all those guys were pretty old, Herskowitz and Blackie Sherrod and all. There would have been a, been a time, Kevin, where they probably would have had a little something in their system before getting up there to talk. And uh, well, I'm going to let you say that. I'm going to let that roll. So <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I don't not talking out of school here. My gosh, those old sports writers played by a different set of rules, and it was uh, oh, it, was it was a very it was very famous, and they had morning newspapers, evening newspapers, and it was uh, right. fascinating. But guys like the two of us. Now you grew up in a different part of the country, but I grew up worshiping those kinds of people and then getting to meet Frank Luxa. Oh my gosh. I mean, I would Luxa should be in any Texas sports hall of fame. I mean, and you know, even though he's not with us anymore, put him in anyway, he is tremendous, but they're going to be in Jay black and his group, Texas sports hall of fame. In fact, uh, Kevin, if you ever, I know you're in and out of Waco a lot. You need to go by there at some point and just check out the SWC portion of that hall of fame it is one of the coolest things i assume you've been in there right i've been in it it's been a long time the only question would be now is if we could still get in there with i-35 being quite the 
challenge that it is. I say that in jest, of course, but yeah, it's a great thing to be in uh, to tour, of course, with all the great legends of Texas, uh, both media and sports, of course, that are in there. And yeah, yeah I was in I, it a long time ago, and I definitely need to uh, brush up, if you will. All right, the website, if you want to attend, there's still some tickets available. I'll be there. If there's, I, mean, I don't know if that'll make people want to be there or not. I'm not going into the <laughs> Hall of Fame. No uh, uh, TSHOF.org. Again, that's TSHOF.org. What's that stand for, Kevin? Texas Sports Hall of Fame. All right, Kevin, you were um, you were were you seeing? Was your youngest daughter graduating? What was going on? What were you? Because uh, you were uh, that the oldest daughter. Oldest, yeah, my oldest Kathleen, uh, who is a Razorback through and through, uh, did her yeah. finished her undergraduate last year, and then uh, got her graduate degree, her master's in education, and uh, she walked uh, across the pod- or the stage uh, Saturday afternoon up in Fayetteville. And uh, has her master's in education, and she's already accepted a job with the Fayetteville Public School System, and uh, off she goes in August. So uh, couldn't couldn't be more proud of her. And uh, I think uh, I know I sent you the picture of her graduation, uh, Matt. I think that smile on her face basically said satisfaction that I could get something done and relief that it's all over, and then the excitement of looking to the future, all in one. Yeah, lots of lots of things in that particular picture, but, uh, but a great girl and a great. I know you're very proud, so congratulations on all that. Now, Kevin, as you were leaving down, uh, Baylor did get a commitment. Okay, we uh, and your daughters sometimes help you with these commitments. Uh, you got to try to stay <laughs> on this stuff even while you're traveling. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about the the youngster from Mineola, Texas, which led to the trivia question of what singer songwriter? came out of Mineola. The answer is, by the way, Casey Musgraves. But um, ah, yes. what is, okay. tell me, uh, tell me about this young man. And, uh, and because and, it seemed like uh, he was very excited to commit. And this is, this is almost a little bit out of the old Gary Patterson playbook. Let's take a kid with some great size and athleticism and let's see where he ends up. And by the way, he's not the only one Baylor has done that with recently. There's somebody coming in in that either two thousand, I think it's that 2022 class that uh, mm-hmm. that has similar where we've kind of debated whether he's going to do this or that, and we think he's going to be a defensive end. But tell us a little bit All about right. this this guy. Yeah, well, Dawson Pendergrass, as you said, is from Mineola, uh, out in East Texas, 6'3", 200. Uh, Baylor had been on him quite a bit. Now, he did not actually go to the spring game back in April and didn't really have an opportunity to come down during spring football and visit. But he had been on campus for several games during the 2021 season. So he had quite a bit of familiarity with the coaching staff and the program itself in that respect. He's a versatile guy that looks like he's going to be on offense. They, they're looking at him as a running back. He thinks, and again, that's all subject to change because he's got another year to go, but he kind of thinks that he might be of the third down back variety because the fact that he could, he could play in that short yarded situation or they could slot him out or something like that because he's got pretty good hands. Uh, great athlete, you know, in a, in a school like Mineola where you're going to, when you're a great athlete like he is, you're going to be asked to play both sides of the football, which he did. But his versatility and his athleticism, I should say, really tends to him being on the offensive side. I don't think Baylor's done with the running back situation yet for its 2023 class, Matt. But I think Dawson is one of those kids who can add to it. And this is the kind of recruit that Baylor, as you said, has gone after in the past. 
and they've won it. And they've where this is a kid that has a mix of G5 offers and P5 offers. Baylor being among the the P5, Arkansas was another one. The G5 offers being like Colorado State, Air Force, North Texas, that sort of thing. The other uh, P5s would have been Indiana and Texas Tech. But you know the fact that. Uh, if, if everyone in today's game where there is a certain role that they can fill, I think that's how you could look at the Pendergrass commitment. And of course he's a three star 5.5 rating. He's the 10th commitment to the class. 10th commitment to the 2023 class. I mean, I, I'm sure this happened to you when your daughters are getting ready to graduate from high school. What's what is weird is my daughter will graduate 2025 and you're starting to see yeah. co- uh, commitments go out for that class. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. just a real eye-opening type deal. Compare the Baylor class right now as it's, as it's uh, currently constructed to like, I, I was shocked when I saw that Texas Tech's 2023 class was like close to top 10 in the country. Now, again, yeah. we know these things can change. Part of it was because, and Baylor's done this in the past, they had large numbers of recruits. Mm-hmm. And so right. that helps skew it a little bit. But it is, does it point to the fact, I mean, when you see someone like Tech jump out to a really impressive start in 2023, does it lead you to believe, like, hey, Joey's making a big impact, or do you not? react too strongly to something like that well i don't think you can dismiss what joey mcguire has done at tech i mean that's partly the reason why he came to lubbock was because the fact of his infectious personality he's a texas high school coaching legend he cut his teeth on at baylor of course in the college ranks and i think that's what tech was hoping for i mean look tech's recruiting strategy under matt wells was pretty much a disaster and so i think with joey coming on board now it has really changed their persona. I mean, they're number two in the country right now in, in total commits, but they also have the most in the country right now, Matt, as you said, they have 20 and there's nobody else that has more than I think 13 and that's Notre Dame. And so, yeah, it, it's, it's going to be one of those things that's going to go up and down like a yo-yo over these next couple of months when a lot more commitments come in, you know, Baylor's at number 11 right now with their 10 commits. So they've still got a ways to go. But I think the way you should look at this Baylor class right now is that it's very solid in terms of the types of kids that they are getting. It's a, you know, look, they have three four-star kids in Christian Brathwaite, the linebacker from Cy Ranch. Of course, Austin Novus had a quarterback from Dripping Springs, and then Justin DeLeon, the offensive lineman from Kingsville. And I do think, in some respects, that a couple of ratings could change for guys like Hawkins Polly, the tight end from, <clears throat> excuse me, from, uh, <coughs> pardon me, from Houston Stratford. I, th- I saw Hawkins at the rivals camp in Coppell back in April. He has got a tremendous set of hands, Matt. I mean, it's one of the best set of hands on a tight end that I've seen in quite some time. And I could see his rating go up and hit maybe, cl- I don't know if he hit four stars, but I think he could go from five, six to five, seven. And then you look at another guy like Micah Gifford, who's already on the cusp. And I think if Micah has a big year down at Pflugerville, Weiss, the wide receiver down there, I think he has a chance to push for four stars. And, don't forget, too, that the fact that Baylor's in the running for so many high rated, highly rated kids, Tayshawn Wilson for one, uh, if they were to get him, that changes a lot of things for him. So the fact that they're in the running for so many highly rated kids tells you it's just a different feel for where Baylor is and what Dave Miranda has done. And you think about the reputation that, that precedes Dave, I, I think it really resonates 
to why Baylor is building this class in the manner that it is. Yeah, that, all that fascinates me. I also get fascinated with, like, these guys coming out of Central Texas right now. Yeah. And uh, Javion Wilcox um, is a um, – he's a Baylor commitment, is that right? Correct, and, yes. from Lake uh, Belton. Yeah, from Lake Belton. I mean, that's a new high school. And and I kind of, you know, when it happens, it, it always happens. I mean, there's going to be a new high school, and a lot of kids are going to want to go there. And there's going to be a lot of excitement around it, and they're already getting really good. And they're going to be Class 5A. And and then the other player out of there, is it is that Micah Hudson? Um, I mean, we're, we're talking like tremendous. From Flugerville, you're right. No, no, no. I'm talking about over at, uh, over at Lake Belton. Oh, there's okay. a there's yeah, a okay. there's a Micah Hudson, five star right. wide receiver, and uh, I right. mean it, it's it's uh, I mean he's getting offers from all over the place. I, I'm just sort of amazed at w- w- sometimes we we think about oh my gosh look at Louisiana and look at all these other places and then you you start to realize wait just in the you know within 50 miles are tremendous players. Temple, mm-hmm. you know, and and in uh, Belton, and all these places. So I'm just kind of bowled over uh, by all of this. Kevin, what do you uh, what do you think with um, uh, the Bears? A lot of times you write on some of these other sports as well. Tennis, they really have a shot at a national championship. Now they got to get past. They got the Elite Eight now, and of course mm-hmm. they got past Stanford, and that was a tough match. I, I think that'll serve them well. Being being pushed like that. Uh, it, and then, of course, uh, women's golf right now. I mean, this this thing has a chance to be – I mean, I think they have a chance to win it all there. And so uh, I would say for your followers there at Rivals, and, of course, you can follow a lot of this at, at Sikkim Sports uh, on, on Twitter, but for your Rivals following, Kevin, these are heady times because really yeah. up and down the sports. Now, unfortunately, softball and baseball – um, aren't among those right now, but boy, golf and and tennis, you got po- you got two potential uh, uh, national championship type teams. Yeah, you have. I mean, with with men's tennis, of course, you know they got so close last year, um, and I think you know with this group as veteran as they are and taking the lessons from last year, I think that really kind of shows you where you know they they have the and it helped of course last week that they were at home against Stanford and they were able to rally and win that, but I think. Yeah, it just when you have that kind of experience like they've had over the last couple of years and just that history of this program too, Matt. I mean, just look at the fact that what they've done in the last twenty five years with the men's tennis program is is extraordinary. And then with women's golf having the great weekend in Stillwater that they had, uh winning it, I think that tells you exactly what these other, if you will, non revenue sports how because so many people get wrapped up in football and basketball success, but the fact that the overall athletic Baylor program itself, you know, acrobatic and tumbling won it, what won it, won it's uh, what seventh consecutive national championship there. So that's a tremendous feat for them as well. So there's that overall commitment for athletics to shine. And of course, now softball is going to that, if you will, that NIT of softball uh, up in that tournament up in uh, Colorado. Uh, in a couple of weeks, or I should say later this week. And I think for baseball, it's, it's pretty tough times for them. Uh, you know, I think what they're going to, if their only chance to get to the NCAA tournament, Matt is it doesn't really matter what they do against Oklahoma state. They're, they probably need to get one just to make sure they clinch that last spot in the tournament. 
and then I think they've got to win it. And then if and if they don't win the tournament, then I don't know what's going to happen to the future of this program. I really don't. Well, I I got to follow up on that. So you're really thinking that with uh, baseball, that Mac could possibly have to uh, think about a change with it being uh, with with the season they've had because I obviously Steve's had some some good runs. This uh, right. uh, you get the pandemic thing. We can't count that. Last year, also the pandemic was still hitting. They would have turned their season around, and they got knocked out by the pandemic. You don't think Steve's done quite enough to maybe overcome how poor this season's been? I think it's fifty-fifty for him to return next year. I really do. Um, and, and you know, to your point, yeah, I know that the the pandemic really put a, a crimp in their style last year. Uh, or two years ago, rather. But last year, just missing the tournament, they were like the first team out of missing the field. I think that really hurt. I think if they had, if they had made it last year, and then had this season the way they were having, I think he would have been okay. But the fact that they just missed it, and now that they're having this pretty rough season where they're running eighth in the conference, and to be honest with you, Matt, they have not been very competitive in a lot of these games. They just haven't. Uh, the series in, in te- at Texas was awful. Um, you know, they've lost every series this year with the exception of winning the series against Kansas. And I, you know, and they've just had, they've had some injuries for sure. That's always going to be part of the equation. But when you've just been giving up a ton of runs like they have, I don't know how you, you're, it's going to be a hard, I'll just say, I'll just say this. It's going to be a hard look that Mac's going to have to give over this program to determine if he gives Steve one more year or if he decides to make a change. Yeah, I mean, you lost Tyler Thomas, your best pitcher. He gets hurt. I know that was kind of later in the season, and and then you early on you lost another starting pitcher. I mean, I I, I think you're right. I think he's going to have to take a, a long look at it. I hope Steve gets at least one more season to try to uh, to get this thing turned around because uh, he's a heck of a guy, and I think they've had some really good moments. And quite honestly, Steve's had you know like all American type relievers several times and unfortunately they just got caught this year and and he's tried everything but he can't find anybody to get a game home even when they yeah. are competitive and you know yeah, you went you're leading 5-1 or whatever it was the other day you give up a grand slam in the eighth inning he can't you know they can't seem to get these things home and when you solve one thing something else breaks out and it's been one of those seasons and they play a murderer's row schedule and that doesn't help things either hey kevin it's uh, always fun catching up with you and uh i uh, appreciate it everything and by the way uh, uh i just saw a note we may have this in campus confidential but uh, uh james akinjo had a tremendous showing if you want to put this in one of your nuggets for rivals um the, according to the people that were at that uh, oh whatever that g league summit they said that akinjo may have been the best player there and yeah, and I blew everybody that, away. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I thought that was good. Okay, I'm just always looking out for you. But I, I, yes, I know. No, I got you yeah. on that. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Anyway, All right, but, Kevin. Uh, should, by the way, it's going to be a good draft, too, for Baylor, too, with Kendall Brown and Jeremy Sohan, too, and possibly Akinjo. So should be fun when the draft is going to take place later in the summer. Yeah, maybe. Maybe Meyer will jump in there, too. We'll see where he ends up. But uh, all right, uh, Kevin, have a good evening, okay? We'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Always a pleasure, Matt. You take care. There he goes. Kevin Longquist.